Welcome back. You know who it is and you know what it is. Totally kidding. And that was my phone going off. So crazy. So yesterday sucked and it's so crazy. I'm getting a a text right now. Um, Where someone's asking me, am I okay? Um, Wow. The timing of everything. Wow. Timing. Um, Sorry. Welcome back to Show Love Daily. I'm your host, Khadija. Um, I had a whole episode planned about one topic, um, a post that I saw that I can no longer find. I saved it um, on Instagram, but I guess the poster deleted it, but That's okay. We're just going to discuss something else. Yesterday sucked. Maybe we could talk about that a little um, without going into too much detail. But yeah, I saw a post yesterday that I felt was like right on time as well. Just like this text message, right on time. (laughs) Somebody's texting me to ask if I'm okay as I'm recording about not being okay. I literally had to switch topics in this moment. So I've decided to talk about the post that I saw last night, which was not what I was originally going to talk about, but that works. Let's discuss it. And then also just the hard days that come in life and what we can do to survive them. Um, Let's talk about it. I generally share one affirmation to set the tone for the episode. I think there's been a couple episodes where I shared two. Today, I'm going to share a handful of affirmations because I need to hear them and hopefully they help you too. So, Positive affirmations after a bad day. I release all negative emotions from the day. I let go of any stress and anxiety from today. I will learn what I need to from today, which will make me a stronger person. (sighs) Breathe. (laughs) I know that life is not meant to be easy. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Wow. So today actually is my tomorrow because yesterday was the day that sucked. And is today better? Hmm. It's it's going okay so far. Um I can still feel the like mental and emotional effects of yesterday in my body. So yesterday, things like really started to unravel. I had a full-blown, somewhat warranted meltdown. Um, Later in the evening, I wound up seeing this post from this awesome therapist, psychotherapist, should I say, that I follow. Her name is Whitney Goodman. 
Her account is sitwithwit on IG. And the post said, it doesn't matter how much therapy or healing you do, you're still going to occasionally experience challenging emotions, get triggered or upset, compare yourself to others, have negative or difficult thoughts about your appearance, feel inadequate or like an imposter, struggle with self-doubt, feel unmotivated or uninspired, have trouble expressing or discussing some emotions, experience relationship conflict, fail or fall short. That really resonated with me in the midst of my bad day as someone who has sort of done the work and is doing the work and is constantly looking for ways to improve and be better and be my best self and heal and doing the therapy and doing the research and practicing the things. It's just like, okay, cool. It's nice that you're doing all that, but like you should still realize that nothing is going to be perfect and the bad days will still come and you're going to have to push through them. So that's what I'm going to get into is some tips for pushing through the hard days. Before I share any tips about getting through the hard days, I want to talk about my actual response or reaction in the moment. Yesterday, as things were unraveling, I tend to have a fight or flight response. So I want to talk a little bit about what fight, flight, and freeze responses are. I gathered some good information from Healthline.com. The fight-flight-freeze response is your body's natural reaction to danger. It's a type of stress response that helps you react to perceived threats, like an oncoming car or a growling dog. The response instantly causes hormonal and physiological changes. These changes allow you to act quickly so you can protect yourself. It's a survival instinct that our ancient ancestors developed many years ago. Specifically, fight or flight is an active defense response where you fight or you flee. Your heart rate gets faster, which increases oxygen flow to your major muscles, your pain perception drops, and your hearing sharpens. These changes help you act appropriately and rapidly. Freezing is a fight or flight response on hold. You further prepare to protect yourself. It's also called reactive immobility or attentive immobility. It involves similar physiological changes, but instead, you stay completely still and get ready for the next move. Fight, flight, freeze isn't a conscious decision. It's an automatic reaction, so you can't control it. There's so much good information out there about all of this. It's hard for me to not share it with you all, and I feel like I'm learning a lot too as I read through it. So, Let's talk about what's going on in the body during a fight, flight, or freeze response. Basically, the reaction begins in your amygdala, which is the part of your brain that's responsible for perceived fear. The amygdala responds by sending signals to the 
hypothalamus, um, which stimulates the autonomic nervous system, also known as ANS. ANS consists of the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. The sympathetic nervous system drives the fight-flight response, while the parasympathetic nervous system drives freezing. How you react depends on which system dominates the response at the time. In general, when your ANS is stimulated, your body releases adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormone. These hormones are released very quickly, which can affect your heart rate, your lungs, your eyes, your ears, your blood, your skin, your hands and feet, and your pain perception. Now, for the psychological explanation, while the fight-flight-freeze response causes physiological reactions, it's triggered by a psychological fear. The fear is conditioned, which means you've associated a situation or thing with negative experiences. The psychological response is initiated when you're first exposed to the situation and it develops over time. The thing that you're scared of is called a perceived threat or something you consider to be dangerous. Perceived threats are different for each person. When you're faced with a perceived threat, your brain thinks you're in danger. That's because it already considers the situation to be life-threatening. As a result, your body automatically reacts with the fight-flight-freeze response to keep you safe. I love the part of the article that poses this question. Can this response be overactive? The answer is sometimes. This happens when non-threatening situations trigger the reaction. Overactive responses are more common in people who have experienced trauma. After a traumatic event, you may develop an exaggerated stress response. It involves a recurrent pattern of reactions related to the initial event. This is more likely if you have a history of post-traumatic stress disorder, physical or sexual assault, accidents, experiencing natural disasters, childhood trauma, or stressful life events. In this case, your brain reacts to related triggers to prepare you for future traumatic situations. The result is an overactive response. An example is if you've experienced trauma from a car accident. If the sound of a car horn reminds you of the event, you might have a stress response when you hear a car honking. Actually, I have a personal experience um, regarding like a car situation and this sort of response. So one day, like years ago now, I was like in line in a driveway to pull in the parking garage, uh, my, my work parking garage. And I was like in part in the driveway and in part on the street. And so I want to try to help you picture this. To the left of me is, you know, sidewalk with meters. And to the right of me is sidewalk with meters. And my car is like, let's say like halfway in the driveway and halfway in the street. I can't go forward because there's cars in front of me, like scanning in to go into this garage. So this woman to the left is at a parking meter and she starts backing up and I can see her backing up into my car. So 
So I start honking my horn, right? Like to get her attention, to like make her stop. Like, hello, you're you're backing up into basically a parked car because I couldn't move. Um, so yeah, she still hit me anyway. And um, so now let's say whenever I'm at a meter and if somebody's like trying to pull into the meter in front of me or they're like, you know, parallel parking their car or whatever, and they start backing up too close to me, I start honking because I'm like terrified and I think that they're going to hit me. It's actually, it's actually kind of crazy. Um, cause I definitely honk at people and then they definitely look back at me and it's just like, look, I thought you were going to hit my car. Thank you. And goodbye. So to close out this portion of the episode, I'd like to share how to cope. So there's relaxation techniques, repetitive prayer, meditation, yoga, tai chi, focusing on a calm word, deep abdominal breathing, visualizing peaceful images. Another strategy is regular exercise, so physical activity, which decreases stress hormones, including adrenaline and cortisol. It increases endorphins, improves calmness, and promotes better sleep. Social support um, is pretty important. It can minimize your psychological and physiological reactions to perceived threats. It provides a sense of safety and protection, which makes you feel less fearful. Your social support can include different people, including friends, acquaintances, coworkers, relatives, significant others, mentors. Um, it's 2021, so it could be your online homies, your IG friends, your Twitter friends, your Facebook friends, Clubhouse gang. Woot woot. Oh yeah, I cannot leave this out. So when to see a professional because yeah, we all need to see a professional or two every now and then. So you should seek help if you experience the following. You're always feeling on edge. There's persistent worry, nervousness, or fear. Um, You have a level of stress that interferes with your daily activities There's fear of non-threatening situations, and there's inability to relax. A mental health professional can help you determine the underlying causes of these feelings. They can also create a plan to reduce your stress response depending on your symptoms and mental health history. So I just want to encourage you to get some help if you need it. Let's get into these tips for getting through tough times. I found some wonderful tips from psychcentral.com because it's the psychology for me. Um, Therapists spill 14 ways to get through tough times. Number one, acknowledge and feel your feelings. Hmm. Easier said than done, right? (laughs) Um, Number two, talk about it. 
When people bottle up challenging situations, the problems grow and mutate into horrible worries and anxieties. So talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. Number three, try to see past the hardship. Wow. So yeah, that's super hard to do. Um, I will just flash back to my personal situation yesterday in the moment when things are unraveling and you're upset or you're hurt, it's really hard to look at everything like overall or see the bigger picture. So yeah, I will try, but it's definitely hard. Okay. I had to like pause. This is what happens when you have dogs and they're like going crazy barking. So number four, prioritize self-care. So whether it's like a 10-minute meditation or 20-minute power nap, please take the time to do something for you. Number five, consider if you're experiencing a catastrophe or an inconvenience. Sometimes we magnify problems, turning a fixable concern into a calamity. So this is definitely something that I do. Um, Yeah, like... (laughs) Something seemingly small to someone else could happen to me. And then for me, it definitely feels like my whole life is ending and everything's caving in around me. Um, Number six, practice acceptance. Yes, 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 acceptance. I have a couple episodes about acceptance and practicing radical acceptance. Please go give those a listen if you haven't. But this is something that I'm actively trying to do is just let what it is just sort of be and yeah practice acceptance number seven ask for help number eight limit time with toxic people protect your peace people aka protect your peace please 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 number nine stay grounded in the present Practice mindfulness techniques such as deep breathing, meditation, and yoga, which are excellent for the mind and body when going through a crisis. Literally, just walk outside and stand in the grass barefoot. Get grounded. Number 10, call an end to the crisis. Far too often, we allow crises to define our lives and our mindsets for way too long. Calling an end to a crisis helps you shift into a calmer and more solution-focused state of mind. So I feel like that sort of happened last night, um, and it looked like, okay, enough has been said about this. Time to go get dinner and time to try to unwind. Number 11, observe the situation as an outsider. Number 12. Just take action. If you don't know what to do, do something. Make a list, make some phone calls, gather some information. So I'd like to add to that though. When taking action, please be safe. Um, Be safe. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Number 13, remember that you are not your difficult time. You are not your problems or your crisis. You are not your divorce. You are not your illness. You are not your trauma or your bank account. Your true self is that deeper entity within that is perfectly whole and well, no matter what you're experiencing. Wow, that's beautiful. Number 14, remember that everyone heals differently. 
tough times can feel incredibly overwhelming and exhausting, but there are many things you can do to soften the blow. Plus, if you're currently not in crisis, but have issues to work through, seek professional help. It's best to fix the roof when the sun is shining. Wow. I love that quote. Um, Dealing with our childhood issues, relational issues, or anything else when we're in periods of relative calm may be the best investment of time and effort that we can make. I could not agree with that more. Um, I've been in therapy, you know, in both times where I was in crisis and now where things are sort of more leveled and calm in my life. And yeah, I totally agree. Um, so that's it for the tips. I hope that they help. I really do. I really, really do. How can I show love to myself today? So I think that I'll exercise. I'm going to take some of the tips (laughs) that I shared on this episode and get into it. I will ride the Peloton. How can I show love to others today? I could show some love to the doggies and give them some snacks and maybe a belly rub. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm showing love to others every day and to myself by working on myself. Um, trying to better understand myself and, you know, to be a better person so that I can show up in my relationships better. And that goes for all my relationships, like as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, um, etc. So show love daily. 